Dear President Vladimir Putin, I'm so sorry that I was not your mother. If I was your mother, you would have been so loved, held in the arms of joyous light. Never would the story's plight, the world unfurled before our eyes, a pure demise of nations sitting peaceful under a night sky. If I was your mother, the world would have been warm. Russian politics are saying that economic sanctions in the West will not deter Putin because his money is in non-traditional assets that are difficult to trace. Uh, so on top of everything else awful about Putin, he's also into crypto. And I know that over here we think of Putin as a cartoon character who stages photo ops where he's shirtless on a horse uh, or swimming like a dolphin uh, or, em or emerging from the sea like a Bond villain or, wearing a, or winning a staring contest with a baby chick or quite possibly breaking a child's arm. But, but in Russia, he's not some comic book villain. To many, he's a comic book hero. He's genuinely popular there. It is March 1st, 2022. Welcome to The Daily Rob. You can check us out on Linktree, and we have all kinds of social media presences all across the web. Find the one that you like best. Now, without further ado, the man, the myth, the legend. He's got an article that's number one on Real Clear Markets today, the one and only Rob Smith. Thank you, Stu. I'm in what some people call Kiev and others call Kiev. Stu, I like me some chicken Kiev, so I'm not changing the way I pronounce it. It's the way I've always said it, and everybody knows what the hell I mean even though I know that's the Russian way of saying it. And for that, I will probably be attacked as a Russian sympathizer. They have chicken Kiev. Anyway, Stu, before we talk about Ukraine, uh, and there's a lot to talk about, a couple things I think are of interest. We've been kind of concentrating on the war in Ukraine and, the, uh, and Justin Trudeau and what a little punk communist despot he is but we haven't talked about a couple of other things that were in the news and topics we've been way ahead of the curve on one i um the 31st democratic congressman is retiring hmm. um you know um that's 15 percent of their population of their um majority not their majority their their numbers um now two Stu, this is interesting um, I saw a gal the other night, she's a friend of mine, I reckon she's about 60 years old, and she was livid that she had had the VAX, and she was having, she's way past the menopause age, and she was having, how do I say this, do Menstrual? Menstrual, vaginal, bleeding kind of things, and, um, you know, that's just what we reported on it over a year ago. Um, there was a five-year-old girl who 10 days after she had the Pfizer VAX, um, she's had vaginal bleeding. Um, anyway, Stu, exactly what we've talked about. And along those lines, um, a German health insurer, um, BKK, uh, Dio Vita, uh, they insure about 10 million Germans. German has a, Germany has a population, about 83 million. 
they've had over 400,000 people come in for vaccine side effects. Um, this guy says that what's be, uh, the president of the entity, the uh, carrier, said that these are being significantly underreported and likely the side effects are way more than 10 times what they are also being reported at. If you look at his population of what he sees, it's 4% of people have had problems. I know number like this gal uh, the other night, I know people who have D-I-E-D after having the B-A-C-C-I-N-E. Uh, this uh, matches well with One America, which is an insurance carrier in Indiana. As you recall, we did a little bit on that not too long ago. A guy by the name of Scott Davidson said that their deaths are up 40%. And he attributes that to the B-A-C-C-I-N-E. Um, you know, Stu, last week it was reported that the CDC has held back uh, a tremendous amount of statistics um, and data, and this is probably why. Uh, but again, Stu, way ahead, we reported on this well over a year ago. Um, anyway, moving on, um, our... Congress, which Nancy Pelosi is the Speaker of the House, they are dropping the mask mandate tomorrow for the State of the Union address. And you know what they're going to say. We've defeated the pandemic. Um, everybody can take their mask off. It's such a circus stew, such a show, so transparent. Well, I would say the president is very powerful, but he couldn't make us be in the green zone that we're in right now in D.C. That's why we are not uh, required. We're not going to be required to wear masks starting tomorrow. So uh, I would say that for him, it had nothing to do with the timing around the State of the Union. Uh, he wanted to give the CDC the time to assess and make recommendations that would be clear to the American public about uh, what their recommendations would be for mask wearing moving forward. But I can guarantee you one thing, they're going to find a way uh, to bring this mask mandate back. They've benefited tremendously by it. So don't be fooled by the showmanship. Okay, Stu, let's get to Ukraine. Um, again, you just don't know what to believe and you have to make some inferences. The Ukrainian uh, uh, state run news platform uh, published some losses and casualties today. And again, you know, my guess is these are over infl inflated. It's, it, they're always, no matter if the United States is in Vietnam or Japan, if you know that you shot down a plane, you go, hmm, that plane had 10 people in it. And it only had two, you know. Um, you always think you're doing better than you are. It's, and you, frankly, you probably want a, um, a little bit of propaganda. Um, but anyway, 5,300 dead Ruskies. Well, if you have 5,300 dead, you probably have twice that who have been knocked out of commission. 
that would be 15,000 Stu. That would be 7.5% of their total force. Um, 29 combat aircraft, 29 helicopters, 191 tanks, 816 armored vehicles, 74 artillery pieces. Well, because those numbers are so high, that tells me that the, um, the Javelin type of missiles are working well. Uh, they may not be that high, but apparently they have knocked out a lot of tanks. Um, they also said that Kharkiv, they repulsed an invasion and um, they wiped out a contingent of Russians. Um, there also have been uh, videos. There's one of a Russian who's been, been captured. He's crying. Um, the Ukrainians are talking to him. Of course, I can't understand. Um, I didn't take Ukrainian in high school, Stu, so I'm a little slow on the uptake. Uh, and then the Russians fired back with, you know, they admitted they've had some casualties. But you can see the propaganda that they are doing and that um, they're saying that their prisoners are being tortured. Um, they're throwing around the Nazi term, um, et cetera, et cetera. Again, all very interesting. Um, and I don't think we can believe any of it, but like I said, we can probably draw some, some inferences. Ukraine also said today that they were gonna free prisoners and inmates such that they could fight. Um, again, you know, Stu, I think all this is great, but unless you know how to fire an AK-47, um, you know, I'm not so sure it, it, it would be much more helpful if they had a militia, uh, but they haven't had a militia. And I think the reason they don't have a militia is because they don't want their, their citizenry to be armed. Um, but, you know, if you have a militia, as we know from the Revolutionary War, they can be pretty effective. Um, um, let's see, Ukraine, this is interesting. Do you think Donald... You think Vlad Putin has been kicked off of Twitter yet, Stu? <laughs> um, I was listening to a podcast last night and they made that joke where they said, uh, you know, it's funny that, you know, Donald Trump can be an asshole and he's off Twitter, but uh, Putin can invade a country and he's still there. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> um, but. Some of the big tech guys, um, apparently Ukraine made an appeal to Tim Cook and Apple to uh, not service any Apple applications. I don't know what you use with Apple, Stu. I'm a droid guy. How dare you? Obviously downloading apps. So they want to cut the Russians off from downloading apps. Uh, I'm not... I guess there's Apple TV and things like that, but I don't know what else an infantryman or a citizen of Russia would need as a service. Some some Russian stocks just um, fell today, 80%. Um, the interest rate in Russia went to 20% today. They're trying to um, bulk up the ruble. Uh, they've been cut off from um, all sorts of international flights. 
the banking system that uh, the West has um, done two things. They frozen assets in the West in the United States and they have denied them the platform to SWIFT and some other international banking where they can get liquidity. Um, the oligarchs money is frozen uh, and some assets have been seized. Uh, Russian, everyday Russians are going to the, their ATM machines, kind of like an old fashioned bank run in the thirties. Um, so anyway, student, I said in one article, it might've been the article today that sanctions don't matter much. Um, but I have to say, Stu, I don't like to say that I'm, oh, what's that word? Wrong. W-O-N-G. Rot. Wrong. Yeah, uh, whatever that word, I've, I've never had to use it before. Uh, but in the long run, there are many ways to get around sanctions. But yeah. It, but this does not seem very well thought out by Putin. And um, he's hurting his people. And there is going to be a short-term severe effect. And, um, you know, it might have some consequences on the outcome of this conflict war in Ukraine. They do have their own alternative. It's not as expansive as SWIFT, but it has a lot of European partners or specifically more eastern european partners and then there was the speculation that you know they could always adopt bitcoin china's anti bitcoin though and then there was the discussion that the russians and the chinese would go in on their own swift or alternative um i've been watching the bitcoin market very intently you know i almost bought some more stock the moment i saw they got kicked out of swift or not stock but bitcoin but um it really hasn't fluctuated too much do you want to know what has fluctuated pretty high well oil's gone up um what else has fluctuated uh raytheon is up 13 percent and lockheed martin is up 12 percent um and so big military industrial stock companies so well, there you have it, Stu. Um, let's see, Stu. Um, the Chechens, have you read about them? They're uh, mm-hmm. apparently Putin has enlisted them to the media again. You can't believe what they say, but to go in there and, and be assassins, um, to go in the city. But again, that seems kind of implausible if the Russians can't get in the cities. What makes you think that the Chechens can't? But apparently, this is where the social media world, people don't think about it, but, you know, apparently a column of the Chechens in their march uh, towards Kiev, since it was so well publicized, the Ukrainians took out a chunk of them. Um, So they have the advantage now. um, let's see, Stu, there is a, um, you know, you're going to talk about this McGregor guy. It just shows you, I think you, yesterday you talked about the fog of war. 
but there was, um, you know, I listened a little bit to this guy, General Kellogg. I assume he's got some intelligence, but you don't know. And, you know, his perspective on this is the Russians are really doing poorly. And uh, he goes, they're doing something that they shouldn't do. And that's they're following roads, which makes it kind of easy for um, the Ukrainians to know where they are and also to be clogged up. Um, anyway, I know um, uh, he said if we if they had any kind of air support, they would just wipe them out. If, he said if we were there with our air support, we would wipe them out. How would you describe how the Russians on the ground are moving right now? Well, hi, Harris. I don't think they're doing very well at all. They've been delayed. They're slow. Uh, you know, they're following a tactic called IFR, I follow roads. Uh, I, I kind of wish that we had our air forces up against them because we would have eliminated them almost immediately. But uh, the, the Ukrainian resistance has been incredibly strong and in pushing them back. I think they thought they were going to be into Kiev in a relatively short period of time, be able to decapitate the government, and they've been uh, totally unable to do it. And I think that really does start to stress them to a large degree. You only, you only can keep troops like that moving so long, so far before they start questioning, you know, what's going on, what's happening. You know, what Kaylee said a second ago about the Russian soldiers, more mm -hmm. importantly, I, I think their leadership is start, starting to say, hey, what's going on? You know, you see some of the body language out of their defense secretary, Shogu, or Gerasimov, who's their equivalent of the chairman of the Joint Chiefs. You look at them, you go, they're probably thinking, boy, this isn't going like we thought it was going to go. And we're having some real problems. And it's basically, it's embarrassing the Russian army to the rest of the world. The rest of the world is looking at this and going, these guys aren't 10 feet tall. They're not 8 feet tall. They're like about 3.5. Uh, they are not performing well at all. And these are their frontline units. These are not uh, units that, they, that are so, reserve units. They're all high-end units. And some of the eastern countries in, in alliance have given M-29s to the Ukrainians, the question is, can they fly them? Um, and apparently those planes are very similar to the planes that the pilots are flying now. Um, but do you have enough pilots who can fly? Um, so anyway, Stu, um, I know you want to talk about this McGregor guy, this McGregor guy, and then we got the Kellogg guy, both at 180 degrees difference uh, opinions of what is going on. So yeah. Stu, why don't you tell us about this McGregor fellow? So McGregor is pretty well loved amongst libertarians. He was one of the big armor core tank theorists of the 21st century. You might recognize why this is unique. So McGregor was educated at Penn Charter School in Philadelphia and the V and at you know what their um, slogan is? I do not. Pen charter, pen charter, fight harder, fight harder. There you go. See, you Stu, if, if you're a renaissance man in the world like me, you know stupid things like that. And so he also went to, to VMI for a little bit, but he graduated from the U.S. Military Academy at West Point. Who else did that? Uh, hold on. Um, I think General Patton. You're correct. So, and then this guy is a tank specialist as well. So 
He also received his PhD from UVA in international relations in 1987. We could probably spend a minute going through all of his awards, which include the Defensive Superior Service Medal, Bronze Star with Valor, the Meritorious Service Medal, which he's won four of, Army Commendation Medal, Army Achievement Medal, National Defense Service Medal, he has two, Southwest Asia Service Medal, he has two Bronze Stars, uh, Kuwait Liberation Medal, Kosovo Campaign Medal, Humanitarian Service Medal, French French Meritorious Service Medal, Bronze Star, parachutist badge and a ranger tab and so how do you do in the punt pass and kick when he was a little stiff i don't know but that to me is important but since 2014 he's had this view that russia should and he's said this on rt before and i guess he's in trouble because he's been on there before but he did say that he thinks they should annex the donbass and that and just say that the residents of that region are in fact Russians, not Ukrainians. And at the same time, you have Ukrainians in the West and the North who are not Russians. And this has been his stance for the last eight years. He thinks the Russians are kicking the Ukrainians ass. You know, his whole point was for the US to compete in a place like Ukraine. And this is how I I even got started on this months ago, uh, was kind of through this guy was that their stance is the Russians are going to be effective in that region, so that the U.S. military should be able to fight in a very dynamic fashion, not to be in columns, to be able to move around quickly, to strike quickly, to retreat quickly, and to be a very quick mobile unit and not be what we're seeing the Russians doing, if the intel is correct, where they're very stagnant and they move in a full force. You can pick them off, but they have these massive columns. It's almost like you're still fighting in this almost World War II fashion of it's who has the better tank technology who is who wins the day. Yeah, McGregor it's kind of like in World War One when the battleships became obsolete after a while. By World War Two, they really were, you know, they were obsolete because you, you could you could take them out so easily. Yeah, and um, yeah, our military does have an advanced school kind of a little bit of a surprisingly advanced learning that we are uh, more mobile, uh, more technology oriented, and and we realize what he's talking about. But the places where we are more mobile, we have the supply chains and we have the good military bases close by and we can operate effectively in that area. The further you go out into the, in Eastern Europe, the less of a chance you have of having that. And so that would be the issue with waging a war in Ukraine with the Russians. But his thoughts are that the Russians are kicking ass. And that is why Zelensky is meeting for peace, because it's becoming evident that this they're going to lose. And it's about saving face and this and that. But when he said this to Trey Gowdy on Fox. Here is Colonel Doug McGregor, a former senior advisor to the Secretary of Defense. Thank you for joining us. Why do you think Putin is doing this? What is his end game? Well, Vladimir Putin is carrying through on something that he's been warning us about, at least for the last 15 years, which is that he will not tolerate U.S. forces or their missiles on his borders, much as we would not tolerate Russian troops and missiles in Cuba. And we ignored him, and he finally acted. He was not going to allow Ukraine under any circumstances to join NATO. What's happened now is that the battle in eastern Ukraine is really almost over. 
all the Ukrainian troops there have been largely surrounded and cut off. You have a concentration down in the southeast of 30 to 40,000 of them. And if they don't surrender within the next 24 hours, I suspect that the Russians will ultimately annihilate them. That's why Zelensky is meeting with uh, Putin's representatives right now. The game is over. And uh, he's going to have to negotiate the best deal he can get. And we've already told him, the president of the United States has, that if he opts for neutrality for Ukraine, we'll back him. And I think that Vladimir Putin will do that for Western Ukraine. That is the Ukraine beyond the, the upper river. But behind it in the east, where he is now, I'm not sure what he has planned there, whether he forms another republic, annexes it into Russia, because historically it has been Russian. But the territory west of Ukraine is not. He knows that, and he's happy to live with that as a neutral state. I am not a military expert. I'm not even an expert on geography. But if he takes Ukraine and Ukraine abuts Poland, then he's going to have a NATO country abutting him. So if that's what he doesn't want, then isn't he going to just have to keep going until he runs out of NATO countries? I, I guess I should say it again. Uh, he has no interest in crossing the West, the Dnieper and heading west to the Polish border. Uh, I think you're going to find from these negotiations he's quite willing to neutralize that territory on the Austrian or the Finnish model. Right now, Russia already touches Estonia and part of Latvia. White Russia, of course, touches uh, Lithuania. Uh, he's not interested in going to war with us, and he has an army that's too small for that purpose. And he knows it. His economy is smaller than that of uh, South Korea's. So this is not something that he's looking for. We are imputing to him things that he does not want to do in our usual effort to demonize him and his country. We need to remember that Ukraine is fourth from the bottom of 158 countries in the world as corrupt. Russia is perhaps three or four places above them. This is not the liberal democracy, the shining example that everyone says it is. Far from it. Mr. Zelensky has jailed journalists and his political opposition. I think we need to stay out of it. The American people think we should stay out of it. The Europeans think we should stay out of it. And we should stop shipping weapons and encouraging Ukrainians to die in what is a hopeless endeavor. So when you say stay out of it, you mean no sanctions, no military aid, just let Russia take the portion of Ukraine they want to take? Yes, absolutely. I, I see no reason why we should fight with the Russians over something that they have been talking about for years. We simply chose to ignore it. And more important, the population there is indistinguishable from their own. You know, the thing that's so disturbing is that on the one hand, we will not send our forces to fight, but we are urging Ukrainians to die pointlessly in a fight they can't win. We're going to create a far worse humanitarian disaster than anything you've seen thus far if it doesn't stop. And then you have Griffin come on and Griffin is shrill and high pitched and acts like this was the most offensive thing anyone has ever said. And Griffin? she's another Fox News correspondent okay. and she's been very vocal about anyone on Fox who has said anything remotely positive in favor of the Russians or that the Russians, you know, were pushed into this. Anything, anything that can be perceived as, you know, you're a, Russian agent. You know, right, she wants right. to 
and shrill and not listening to what people say. Before we get started, I just heard your last guess, and I feel like I need to correct some of the things that Colonel Doug McGregor just said, because, and I'm not sure 10 minutes is enough time to do so, because there were so many distortions in what he just said, and talking about the West and NATO vilifying Putin and sounding like an apologist for Putin, and talking about how Putin, he thinks he knows how far Putin wants to go. I don't think anyone that I've spoken to uh, here at the Pentagon or elsewhere in uh, Western intelligence believes they know how far Putin wants to go. And I think that the world has seen what Putin is capable of. And to blame uh, NATO membership for what we've seen Putin unleash, we've seen from Putin's own words that he is talking in czarist terms from a, 18th, a 19th century view of uh, empirical, Im imperial Russia. So those, uh, what he just said was so distorted that I do feel that our audience needs to know the truth in terms of yeah jennifer it takes a lot to surprise me uh, at my age i was pretty surprised at colonel mcgregor i mean his his view of life is well russia's been telling you they're going to do this uh so they did it um i i i found his take on it uh stunning uh and disappointing but you know she uses some words that i think she's never uh really thought about and she kind of stumbles upon them so she doesn't look very smart by the end of her kind of shrill retort. But it was just very interesting to kind of see how the certain people in the media are reacting to this. You know, it's almost you're getting the exact same coverage on Fox News and CNN right now where it's Russians bad, Ukrainians good. And I don't think in binaries like that. And I think both sides have commit commit. Both sides have done terrible things. And there really isn't a 100% clear, this is the right message we should have concerning this. But uh, it's been very interesting to see. And, I, you know, I thought Trey Gowdy was a pussy for leaving politics. And I think he's even more of a pussy after that interview. Because he essentially just tucked tail and, you know, didn't even retort back if he thought differently. Right. Uh, well, you know, Stu, I'm a cool... Um level-headed guy and i believe that there are lots of nuances and things that we can discuss logically without being shrill and emotional yeah and it's the only way you get things done any words of wisdom for our fan base um i would just say when you're listening to the news always but especially under the fog of war remember that these are not necessarily facts and draw inferences from them based on historical knowledge facts and logic that's the way we in the real world work unfortunately Stu, we're a minority you talk about another man's feelings what do you feel spock my feelings are not subject for discussion, Doctor. Because there are no feelings to discuss. <laughs>